Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, feel free to subscribe. Coming up on today's show, all LRT, all the time. Are you happy or sad? It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, yesterday, Transportation Minister Caroline Mulroney uh, canceled the press conference and unveiled that the LRT project in Hamilton was dead. Uh, to talk more about all of this, joining us now, Donna Skelly, MPP for Flamborough Glenbrook, and on the line with us now. Donna, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. No problem, Scott. I will apologize in advance if the uh, if we lose the connection. I'm driving back from Perry Sound. Okay, no problem. Thanks for that. Uh, so, first of all, let's address the way that this was handled. Uh, many were wondering uh, why this was handled in such a way. The city council was saying they weren't even notified. Uh, the mayor found out about uh, Caroline Mulroney coming in, I guess, uh, from the radio station here. Uh, talk about how this all came down. Um, I, I understand that the mayor and uh, ministry personnel were, or at least staff for the mayor and ministry personnel, were trying to coordinate a meeting with the mayor on the Sunday, on Sunday, all day Sunday, and they, for some reason, uh, did not confirm a time. But I do know that they had been attempting to coordinate a meeting with him. And then a news conference with the, with the minister was scheduled to take place at the Sheridan at 2 o'clock, uh, technical briefing with the media at 2 o'clock, and then um, questions at 2.30. But it it got a little heated. Uh, a lot of people showed up. It was a small space. The minister, I was with the minister at the time, and she did want to go ahead and meet with people, meet with the media. But as I said, things just uh, got a little heated, and they decided to move it across the street. Shouldn't this have been something that was discussed with city council or at least the mayor beforehand in some way? It was discussed with the mayor prior to that meeting. I know they had a, a meeting just before the scheduled news conference. Yeah, but I, I mean, even maybe a bit more than advance, of, you know, half an hour before the rest of the public. I mean, considering where this is and how far this has come and the money that's been spent, uh, uh, it, it's kind of odd just to pull the plug like this, isn't it, without some sort of discussion? I don't know how you would make it any easier for the mayor. He's been very passionate, and, and with all credit to Mayor Eisenberger, this is something he really wanted and he really believed in, uh, whether we told him the day before or two days well, before. Well, I think, I think so did the city that voted him in, Donna. Uh, and regardless of whether that is the case or not, um, people, uh, I, I agree, people were very passionate about it, but to whether he was given that information the day before, an hour before, a week before uh, the decision was made. I was only actually made aware of it as well the day before. So you know before you knew before the mayor? Yes. So um, wh- why uh, just a cut in all of this? Um, if And it appears now that if someone can come up with $3.5 billion, that this could somehow be saved. Why not come and meet and have some sort of resolution and say, hey, you know what, uh, we've, we're going to give you a billion dollars here, but from what, what we're seeing in our books, it's going to cost way more than that, and everybody has to have an, an adult discussion around the table of how we're going to get there. Why didn't we have that sort of meeting as opposed to just, you know what, we're pulling the plug on this. I think that at this point, there was so much misinformation and a $5.5 billion LRT was simply unaffordable. And we didn't believe it was a good uh, use of taxpayers' dollars. There had never been a discussion that the city was going to provide any funding for the project, anything over and above the billion. The mayor made it clear that he did not believe that the city was going to provide any funding. In fact, he stated that yesterday. So I believe that the decision was made. It was simply unaffordable. It was never, ever, ever presented as a project more than a billion dollars. And when the true cost came in, as people who are given a mandate to oversee taxpayers' uh, hard-earned money, we made a decision that this was simply not the best use of taxpayers' dollars. It was simply unaffordable. 
Uh, other cities have moved towards solutions, not certainly with paying the entire cost of an LRT the way Hamilton was gra- granted. But that being said, it just seems that we went from one extreme to the other. There, there was no sort of uh, attempt to even save this in any way, which seems odd considering, you know, what's happening in other municipalities. Well, that, that's your interpretation. I would suggest that it's, again, it's an unaffordable project. It was an LRT based on ridership numbers that, uh, I mean, let's talk about the LRT itself. It didn't qualify uh, for the funding initially because the numbers simply aren't there. To move forward with a project at $5.5 billion would have been, in our opinion, an irresponsible move on behalf of our government. So we are simply saying to the city, which I think is an amazing, amazing opportunity for the city, you now have a billion dollars to build a world-class transit system. That is something that no other municipality in Ontario has right now. That's a lot of buses. That's a buses, and we've got infrastructure, (laughs) we've got the bus barn. Hey, hang on a sec, Donna. Kitchener, Kitchener, Donna, Kitchener, Waterloo. Donna, Kitchener-Waterloo made this happen. Why couldn't Hamilton make this happen? Again, you know, uh, they were all amazed that we were doing this on, on, on 100% full funding, uh, which I'm sure many questioned at the time and still do now. Uh, but, but, you know, there's other municipalities, other, like Kitchener-Waterloo made this happen. Why couldn't Hamilton make this happen? I think you'd have to probably talk more about how we got to this stage as to why we can't make it happen. The original price tag was never clear. It was far higher than a billion. It was closer to $3 billion. So the, there was too much misinformation from the, from the get-go. And to continue down this path just didn't seem uh, like the proper thing to do. Again, when you are uh, given a mandate to oversee someone's hard-earned dollars, tax dollars, to continually move down a path that was, was unaffordable and... and uh, what we believe was not the, the, the right thing to do. So let me ask you this question, Donna. Why would the government, why wouldn't Ford just say, hey, you know what? Uh, we got a million bucks, a billion bucks here. You can do with it what you want. You want to buy, you want to put it towards your LRT, you put it towards your LRT, but you've got to find funding some other way. Why, would, why wasn't that discussion had instead of rolling into town, cutting the funding and leaving? You know, I'm not sure, but we can. I can certainly ask that. I believe it's because the, you know, the numbers just aren't there, Scott, and it's like we're trying to make this work, yet every time we, we make a, a, we look at this project, it's, there's just more evidence that it's the wrong thing for the city of Hamilton. It's far more expensive than, than we were led to believe. The numbers don't warrant higher order transit. I mean, we keep, you're asking us to say, bend over backwards continually to make this project work. And what we're saying is, here's a billion dollars to buy electric buses uh, to expand the entire blast network, which is something that's been in the works for years, to build the bus barn and to look at other infrastructure projects, roads, bridges, etc. Why wouldn't a city embrace that. I think that this is phenomenal news for the city of Hamilton. And don't forget, the LRT would still cost taxpayers over the course, now this is the duration of the project, 30, 30 years, it's a billion dollars on the backs of taxpayers, over and above the cost of building it, what they would have had to contribute over and above the billion dollars. Why is this just why is this just coming out now, Thodana? Because even after uh, the premier was elected, he recommitted again to, to to this money, and when the mayor was was reelected, recommitted to the money. It, why is this happening now? Uh, especially when so much of this project, so much money's been spent, so much of this project's already been started. What do you say to the developers along the route and and th- that we're counting on this, that we're investing in the city for this? The reason it's just coming out now is because the minister, Minister Mulroney, wanted to find out the true cost of this project because as she started looking through um, the, the file, we realized that it was never a billion, that the previous government misled Hamiltonians and taxpayers 
to suggest that it was a billion, when in reality it was closer to $3 billion. Once the minister recognized that, she had a third-party look at the true cost, and the value came out at $5.5 billion, all soft and hard costs. So that's why it's just coming out now. We didn't have the information. We were misled. When um, during the last election and when Premier Wynn made the commitment to a billion dollars for capital costs, they knew at that time, under Transportation Minister Stephen Del Duca, that this was far above $1 billion, closer to $3 billion. That was never disclosed. We did not uh, have the full scale and scope of this project until recently when we discovered it. That's when the decision was made. Do you think that anything that the city can do with the billion dollars that it has on transit is going to generate the development that an LRT would have? You know, Scott, I I have made so many announcements recently in terms of economic development, and the bulk of the development is in industrial parks. We've seen expansion. We've seen Stryker with 1,000 jobs. We've seen smaller projects of 50 and 100 jobs. These are all high-paying jobs. And they're not along King Street. They are in industrial parks. They are where people build businesses. The businesses that have been purchased by the province or Metrolink can be resold, and the the value is. I'd like to sit down and and have a a very frank conversation with our planning staff and and city councillors and say, what is the best way to move forward with this property now? Do we have, um, you know, do we look at uh, mixed-use? Uh, residential commercial real estate? Do we look at uh, attainable housing along with uh, perhaps higher-end properties? This is an actual a great opportunity to reevaluate what we want to do along the King Street corridor, and I'm sure developers would be very interested in coming in with um, opportunities with the city to see how they can build that, while the industrial park now has buses, perhaps, to take their workers who work there. So we are announcing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs in and around, in my riding alone, at the airport, and as I mentioned, a couple of industrial parts. We don't have buses to take staff there. This is an opportunity to grow the economy, to bring people to where the jobs are being created, and to look at what we want to do up and down King Street with mixed-use development. I think, again, it's a win-win. I understand that there are people who are upset that the LRT isn't going forward. And I understand that. I appreciate that. But this is a phenomenal opportunity for the city of Hamilton. We are giving, being given a billion dollars. No other municipality is getting this to roll out a state-of-the-art, thorough transit system, environmentally friendly, reaching all uh parts of of Hamilton, and we have an opportunity to look at how we want to develop that stretch of King Street. Donna, talk about uh, the the task force. Uh, Minister Mulroney talked about a task force that was set up or will be set up to figure out what Mm -hmm. to do with that billion dollars. Uh, There's a lot of people rallying around and going to present the LRT again. What if that comes back? Well, it can come back. I think it should. If if these people want to bring it back, they'd have as much right to present it as anybody. Absolutely. But the task force will be looking at all options. I think BLAST, we have put years and years and years of work and money into developing the BLAST network. That has to be on the table, I would suggest. And I would be surprised if the city didn't want to put that on the table. And uh, there will be other things that we haven't thought of. And But everything is certainly up for discussion. So then why didn't we start there instead of just coming in and cutting the funding and leaving? I guess my point is it seemed that the mission here was to kill the LRT, not necessarily to find a way for it to survive. You're probably right. Uh, I think that the mission was to announce that the funding and the project had stopped and that the billion would stay in the city. And the city, through a task force, reporting back as quickly as possible by the end of February, will have an opportunity to look at how we can... Uh, use those dollars, those very, um, and don't forget, a billion dollars when you're facing a deficit that this government inherited is a very, uh, it's, it's a gift to the city of Hamilton. Think about it that way because there are many cities and many sectors that would love that billion dollars, whether it's health care or education. I can go on and on and on. 
Now we have an opportunity with the work of, of members of the task force to look at how to use those very vital, uh, precious tax dollars to uh, do something really good for the city of Hamilton. Donna, does this have anything to do with this is an NDP town and in a PC government? The NDP town just got a billion dollars. No other town in the in the province did. So the NDP should be clapping and, 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 and embracing us. This city has been given... Uh, we, I made an announcement two weeks ago that we are one of the uh, health teams uh, leading the way in health care transformation. We're announcing millions of dollars in health care this week. We will be talking about uh, two new schools. Uh, uh, this is a city that despite the fact that it is an NDP town, has just been given a billion dollars. No other city in the province has been given that. So I, I don't think that, that that can even be raised, Scott. I think it flies in the face of that argument. Donna Skelly's been with us, MPP for Flamborough Glanbrook. Donna, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Anytime. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Travis Danraj is with us, uh, Global News, Queen's Park reporter. He's with us now. Travis, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Hey, no problem. Uh, you sat down with uh, or had a scrum with uh, uh, Minister Mulroney in regard to Hamilton's uh, LRT. She talked about a task force uh, to be formed to help spend the million dollars that the LRT will not buy now. Uh, and then was asked the question or somewhere how posed the question, uh, what if the task force comes back with LRT and that's the priority? Why didn't we not start with that discussion on how to save this as opposed to how to kill it? Any ideas? Well, because, I, I mean, the, the government basically, they are, again, taking some numbers and uh, fidgeting with them a little bit. Uh, they say that this is going to cost $5.5 billion, but that, that's the cost over a 30-year period of operating the LRT once it's completed. They say, you know, that they only committed to $1 billion, that the Liberals lied, uh, and that the cost, when they actually looked into this, was... It, you know, extremely uh, high, and they simply can't afford it. Well, that's fine, but, I mean, you're taking the cost over a 30-year period and pushing those all together to get that $5.5 billion figure. So, I mean, the minister yesterday um, didn't want to really get into the specifics. I I mean, essentially, what we heard uh, was the same talking points, whatever question we asked, and and that was uh, that they committed to one billion dollars and that's what they are still committing to to hamilton so if that's the case and we can build an lrt for one billion why isn't it not being built then um nobody seems to be have any discretion the government has come with one billion dollars but it appears that a, a, a lrt cannot be built for that amount of money if an lrt can be built for a billion dollars why aren't we building it yeah well that's that's a very good question and you also have to think about uh, the amount that has been invested already in terms of public dollars, I think it's about $130 million, but also private dollars as well, because people thought the 17-stop LRT was coming. I mean, people bought condos and properties along that route because they thought that this was uh, you know, a, a sound investment. Yeah. And it also signals, the other part of the story that we're, we're looking at today is what does this signal to other communities that have projects that are pending right now? I mean, Mayor John Tory was asked about uh, transit projects here in the city. He doesn't seem overly concerned. But uh, but again, you know, the, the question is to investors, should this signal some instability in terms of uh, the government's commitments? Possibly. Uh, Hamilton has $1 billion. Uh, that's the way the Conservatives are selling this or trying to sell this w- w- to Hamilton. We just had MPP Donna Skelly on uh, talking about this. Uh, are you surprised this came down the way it did? I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds like, uh, listen, we've only got a billion. That's what we promised you. If it's a cost overrun, you guys are going to have to handle it or find out some way to uh, to raise the funds for that. It appears that those discussions were never had. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is interesting, the timing of it all, right? I mean, the House uh, is not sitting right now, so there won't be any questions in question period. This was done right before be going to the holidays so uh, i i think they figured let's let's deal with it let's you know rip the band-aid off so to speak uh, we'll have the minister go out there uh, you know tell the media 
let the mayor know, and, and that'll be that. It'll be a you know 24-hour news cycle. And they, they might be right about that, but I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of people in Hamilton that after 24 hours are still going to be talking about this, and it's going to be going on for, for months. So, uh, you know, that's what's happening on that front at Queens Park today. There, you know, there's a change in channel in terms of uh, we're talking about autism services again. So they're getting, it seems as though, uh, a lot of bad news out this week right before we go into the holidays. Uh, the fact that Hamilton still gets the billion dollars, does that make this even more odd? I mean, because it certainly does position the government in a way that, well, we didn't pull anything. We Here's your billion dollars, but you can't have your, your, your LRT for that. It, it's, um, it, it's quite an interesting positioning. Yeah, absolutely. And because, I mean, again, uh, Donna Skelly's positioning like this is a win-win for the city. Not a loss. Well, well, I, I, I mean, of course they would be positioning it that way, right? And then they're, they're pointing the finger at the, at the liberals. But, uh, you know, there are planning costs that go into this, et cetera. And, and, and so that, that's absolutely a legitimate question. You know, why pull the plug completely? Uh, that, that question was not answered yesterday by Minister Mulroney. And, I, I mean, I guess I, I didn't hear Donna Skelly's interview, but I guess she didn't really answer that question. All right, Travis Danraj is with us, Queen's Park Bureau Chief, Global News. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on all of this. Travis, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Mayor for the City of Hamilton, Fred Eisenberger. He is with us now. Mayor Fred, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. Uh, the uh, government says, we were just talking to Donna Skelly, MPP for Flamborough-Glambrook. Uh, she said the LRT can't be built for $1 billion. Well, that, that would be true. Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, the capital cost. Uh, there are life cycle costs, and there is operating and maintenance costs. Uh, the city of Hamilton was always on for the operating and maintenance costs, and that's, uh, they've now conflated that into, uh, into the budget of the, uh, the overall program, which is not, not correct. This is city of Hamilton expenditure. And the life cycle cost, the, the, the cost to finance this project over 30 years, would, would amount to, you know, several billion dollars more. All of the projects happening in the uh, in the province of Ontario right now or under the same scenario there uh, there are not only capital costs there are life cycle costs and there are operating and maintenance costs so uh, they still say they're going to give the one billion dollars why not just take the one billion dollars and build the LRT I know it's not that simple but how do you explain it well, it's not that simple because there are additional costs that have to be uh, factored into this process. This was a provincial project that uh, they were going to finance and uh, and maintain uh, in terms of uh, uh, the the infrastructure for the next 30 years. They wanted it on their books so that they could depreciate it over time, uh, and it is significantly more than a billion dollars. Capital would be a billion dollars. The operate the, uh, the the long life cycle uh, uh, life cycle costs would have been uh, significantly higher than that, and that's the area that uh, you know those are the funds that we won't have. So even if we have a billion dollars, we don't have those additional dollars to do the life cycle costs over over the next thirty years. So it was the government, the provincial government, that was going to pay those costs over the the life of the LRT. Right. Correct. And sorry, and, you know, I, I, I and I heard that uh, you know. I'm not, uh, MPP Skelly say that you know Hamilton is the, o- the only community getting a billion dollars. That is totally incorrect. Uh, just recently, uh, you know, Ottawa, Ottawa got 1.2 billion dollars for their share of their second LRT, and there's you know three stops in Toronto that uh, that cost five billion dollars funding coming directly from the province of Ontario, and your Ontario uh, was recently closed and approved at a 1.6 billion dollars. It had 300 million dollars over the original capital budget. And uh, it got approved. It also has a life cycle cost and an operating and maintenance cost that would be significantly higher than the $1.6 billion capital cost. All of that's been approved by the province of Ontario. Why are they picking on Hamilton? Uh, I remember talking to those in Kitchener-Waterloo and were amazed that we were getting full funding for this. Is that something we should have expected? 
Well, it was done because the previous government believed, and, and I made this case to them, that, uh, that Hamilton has had hard times. Uh, we've had uh, you know, economic decline on our waterfront. Uh, a lot of the industry has gone away. We need employment opportunities, and we need opportunities for investment that our, the local taxpayers don't necessarily have. And that is why uh, Kathleen Wynne and her government said, you know, based on that, uh, Hamilton needs that boost. We're going to provide 100% of the capital dollars to make this thing work. And so, uh, you know, I think the rationale was sound, and I think uh, the the case for Hamilton has been sound as well. Uh, having uh, having it uh, now been predicated on full full funding all these many years, uh, that would have been very very difficult to unwind. But not. But having said that, we had already spoken to the federal government about uh, any overages that might occur, and they were certainly more than willing and prepared to have a look at uh, participating, as they have participated in Ottawa and Kitchener Water. Uh, the PC said the Liberals lied about the true cost of this project, that it was, it was over a billion dollars. Well, but it, it always has been over a billion dollars when you factor in the life right. cycle cost. Yeah. Uh, this is not news. Uh, this government would know that. So, uh, basically what's ha- so, so basically what's happened here is the government uh, giving you the billion dollars but not offering to pay for the cost of the operating over the next uh, 30 years. That's life cycle costs right, over the cycle. next thirty years, right. right? To finance, to finance and maintain the uh, the line over thirty years. So you, we, we would essentially own it as they might have owned it, and we would have to do all the financing and the and the maintenance uh, beyond operations, uh, daily operations. So uh, that that kind of adds up to you know a fair, fairly significant amount of money. But done over thirty years, uh, you know, right. it's a reasonable reasonable investment for the province to make, and and they were able as they owned it to be able to depreciate. It, which is uh, you know a, an accrual benefit on their books uh, going forward. So uh, you know there's much more detail to be had on this, but this notion that uh, it's gone from a billion to 5.5 billion, a 450 percent increase in capital costs is ridiculous. And so uh, they they need to stop saying that because they're they're being caught in their uh, their their lie on this one. I think they they should stop and rethink their uh, their process and maybe reassess whether or not there's worthiness here of this uh, investment in Hamilton uh, compared to other municipalities. And, and, again, I'm not trying to get them to cancel other projects in the province. They're, they're all deserving and they all have merit. But uh, we're not much different than your Ontario, and if you add up all the costs that uh, the province is going to bear for that particular line, uh, you'll find out that it's not very dissimilar to the city of Hamilton. Um, are you surprised that other options weren't sought before this all came down the way it did? Are you are, are you saying that perhaps this is not dead yet? Well, I'm. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna weigh in as much as we can. Uh, we had lots of questions on uh, you know this list of information they provided to us uh, this past Thursday. Uh, we were hoping to sit down with them to to review all of that and get an understanding of how they could come to those conclusions. We never had that opportunity. We're gonna we're gonna find a way of, of, of uh, answering or asking some of those questions and hopefully getting some answers from the province of Ontario. Uh, this, uh, unfortunately, they had, in my mind, had already decided they were going to kill this project, notwithstanding the fact that the, the premier said after the election, the mayor the mayor is one, uh, based on LRT, yeah. uh, he gets an LRT, and, uh, and Minister Urich, the previous transportation minister, came to meet me here right at City Hall in the boardroom and said, we're lifting the freeze and we're going to go full steam ahead with LRT. Uh, so why am I calling this a betrayal? Why didn't they talk about that or do that then, mm-hmm. as opposed to leading us down the garden path, saying that everything is okay, we're going to continue to move forward together, allowing for, for land acquisitions to continue, and then all of a sudden, on a given day, no, we're done. I agree. Very bizarre. Um, uh, they're now being a task force created to help spend the billion dollars. Uh, Keenan Loomis, others are talking about. What if that LR? What if that task force comes back and says LRT is what we want? Is that other funding available to bridge this gap? Well, that's that's the the the, the big open question. And if if they're fair and equitable with the city of Hamilton, they would provide uh, and offer up the same kind of funding that uh, other communities have received. Uh, on their projects, uh, there is no reason why uh, you know here Ontario should go forward with a you know the, the good funding that they've got with all of the life cycle costs and and operating costs uh, defined in it that would probably amount to uh, you know well over three or three or four billion dollars. Uh, 
and, and have Hamilton disadvantaged as a result of that because they're uh, for some reason maybe the politics isn't quite right. So I'm uh, I, I think they're uh, they're they're you know in part playing politics and, and in part uh, playing with the numbers to uh, to uh, you know ratchet them up to justify cuts that they were probably planning on making anyway. Uh, what about those that are saying city council dropped the ball on this and this should have all been done much sooner than what it was and it was death by delay? Well, I don't, I don't buy that motion. I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, we've done everything we can. I've done everything we can to keep this project, uh, you know, moving forward and uh, alive. And uh, have, have there been hiccups? Yes, uh, we can second guess that till the uh, cows come home and all the, all the pundits will be, uh, you know, pointing fingers in every direction possible. Uh, in my view, we did everything possible to keep this project uh, on track. Uh, we had assurances from the uh, the premier after the election. We had assurances from the previous premier that they were 100 percent on board. We had uh, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, advocating on our behalf. We had uh, Leuna and Joe Mancinelli and the laborers uh, fully in our corner saying this is an important project for the city of Hamilton, not only for development but for jobs. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what more we could have done to impress upon this government, apparently who's apparently open for business, uh, and uh, you know, be, you know, a lot of development business would have come out of this. A billion dollars has already happened as a result of the promise of LRT. Uh, why would you truncate that? Those opportunities, those tax revenues, and those benefits to help uh, develop the city of Hamilton. Fred Eisenberger is with us, mayor for the city of Hamilton. Mayor Fred, thanks for the time. I know you're busy. Much appreciated. Thanks, Scott. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Marvin Ryder. Uh, your thoughts on what the caller had to say. Well, God bless him for his comment. Uh, I think he's misunderstanding when they say a billion dollars worth of building permits. That's not revenue to the city. That's the total value of the construction of the that's been yeah. happening. Right. So the city only gets a small portion of that in fees. We want that kind of construction because it increases the assessment base. And thus, when we go to do taxes, whether they're commercial or real estate taxes for residential people, you can spread the costs over more people. So we love seeing the growth. If there's been any problem with that uh, retail or residential growth, or try that again, that uh, uh, construction growth is that much of it has happened in sectors where we don't get property taxes, like the mm. university, like hospitals. Right. Right. But uh, that's not really the alternate funding proposal at all. Uh, so uh, his other point: uh, we still have a billion dollars. Yeah. We still have a billion dollars. If this uh, if this LRT is, is costs a billion dollars, why can't we still use that and find some way to bridge the gap of funding? That's yeah, so let me try to help you out a little bit, and everyone else listening to us. Our LRT was supposed to be 18 kilometers long. That's 18,000 meters. That's mm-hmm. the joy of the metric system, 18,000 meters. Mm-hmm. The original cost is a billion dollars. That was $55,555 per meter. Right. So look at your waist. Look at the floor. Mm. That was 55000 Now, the new cost, apparently, is $5.5 billion. That's $305,000 a meter. I'm not aware of any construction cost that has gone up at that rate at all. Mm -hmm. It seems to me this is all about a recalculation. And the key recalculation is they've put what we call an all-in cost, operating and construction cost, over the next 30 years. This would even replace the cars once. So they would have worn out, replaced them. The cost of the maintenance, the cost of the people staffing. Building it and running it for 30 years. For 30 years, Mm $5.5 billion. Well, we don't do that costing for other capital projects. So Mm -hmm. uh, the hospital on the mountain was rebuilt for $500 million. But its actual cost over 30 years, when you think of the staff in there and the heat and the hydro and the drugs and the supplies, billions and billions and billions of dollars. But we deal with operating separately than capital. one other quick note, Scott, on this thing. So there's another LRT in this province, the Huron-Ontario LRT. Mm-hmm. That's in Mississauga. It was originally a little longer than ours, 20 kilometers long, and priced at $1.5 billion. Uh, earlier this year, they said, oh, oh, costs have gone up, costs have gone up, so we're cutting out two kilometers of the route mm-hmm. to keep it within the $1.5 billion. Yeah. So what does that tell me? That tells me there has been inflation around 10 15%. Our LRT, our original LRT, might be costing us $1.1, $1.2 billion. 
I'm surprised there wasn't a chance to resize it or rethink it. Or uh, one of the big costs there's be a, was supposed to be a bridge over the 403 mm-hmm. behind the uh, Fortinos. You know, if if we're that close, how did we get to 5.5 billion? I, I think really the bottom line here is this government, the Ford government, has no appetite in that. And I would even question how accurate the one billion dollars. They've made some kind of a commitment. I think if I was the mayor and the council, I would lick my wounds and go back to them with something within that mm-hmm. billion dollar budget. But you know, when you push them again, will they have yet another excuse? And with this new kind of accounting, the all-in costing, if we were to do bus rapid transit, which was supposed to be three hundred and fifty million dollars, will they recost it and say, no, no, that's actually two point five billion dollars over the life of thirty years? That's what worries me. So we're actually talking about the operating cost of the uh, of the system over the thirty years, as opposed to the initial construction. Yeah, both they put both in capital they put both and together. Yeah. Right. So with the billion dollars still there, is there no way for bridge funding of any sort to make this happen? It seems that we're close. Are we that far apart? Well, if if what the government is now saying is that billion dollars we were going to give you was to cover both capital and operating costs over the life of a project, mm-hmm. then this was never going to work. No. A project that would cost you a billion dollars to yeah. build without a dollar to operate is yeah. useless. Yeah. So that seems to be what they're saying, that their total commitment, capital and operating, is a billion. Now, that may still work with BRT if it's 350 capital and you do the operating costs, maybe it would work. But I think that's the question now to explore is, okay, what could we get for this billion dollars? What's what's in the cards? Uh, how much politics plays into this? Because this, as Donna Skelly was presenting to us on this show, it's a win-win for the city because we get the billion dollars to spend on other transit projects. There's lots of citizenry that are jumping behind that and thinking this is a win. Um so, okay, let's break that into two chunks. Um, most of those people who are jumping on this didn't like the LRT to begin with. And, and Donna Skelly would be one of those people who wasn't fond of it. I have to be candid with you. We don't need an LRT for today. The LRT always was a, pr- a project looking 20 to 25 years right. down the future. Right. The parallel I'd give you, Scott, is in the 1950s is when uh, Toronto got the subway. And there was mm-hmm. the same debate. Yeah. And half the people said, you're building a bridge to nowhere. We yeah. don't need this thing today. And yet today you can't imagine Toronto without a subway system. Mm-hmm. And if you tried to build it today, the cost would be astronomical. Yeah. So the people who really loved this wasn't for an LRT for what we needed today, but was to be city building over the next 25 years. Now, to, but to your point, okay, if we're not going to have that, what else can we do in a city building model with transit? And uh, the BLAST, B-L-A-S-T structure, we have the B line, the A line, the L line, what have you. I'd forget all these letters, Mm -hmm. what they all mean. It's still a valid transit plan. Then let's uh, lick our wounds. We'll we'll take the until January first to grieve, and then let's come out with a new plan and, and test the test the Ford government. You say a billion's there. All right, I got a new project for you. Let's see what they do then. Uh, does alternate projects like more buses add the economic development that an LRT has? You know, the mayor's talking about uh, already development along the line that's happened before construction. And was planned to happen yeah. uh, in the early years of the construction. Do so, we get the same sort of uh, result from from more buses? Yeah. I, I have to say, candidly, I don't know that for certain. I, uh, two aspects of this. The route they chose, the, the line for the LRT, was the logical route for most new construction anyway. If I was going to build a condo in Hamilton, mm-hmm. this is the area I would have built it in with or without an LRT. Right. The feeling was that I would build it faster with the LRT. I mm-hmm. would do this faster. Um, so I think bus rapid transit depending upon how it was deployed and what it connected, what links and hubs and nodes it connected could do some similar amount of work. But, um, the, the other side is, will some of the projects announced suddenly be canceled? Joe Mancinelli, who's with Leuna, said that we had some plans, as I'm speaking on his behalf mm-hmm. here, we had some plans and now we have to rethink them mm-hmm. knowing the LRT wasn't there. While they're rethinking them, if we've got an alternative, let's put it out there. And the people might say, oh, okay, that's that's good enough. It still gets us where we need to be. We just don't have that clear alternative at this point. Um, is there a chance that this task force could come back? And as Keenan Loomis, I believe, from the, the chamber is saying that what if it comes back with uh, LRT? That's the best <laughs> thing for us. <laughs> uh I, I suspect that the people selected to serve on the uh, on this royal commission or whatever word they're going to use, task force, uh, will probably be given some um, 
constraints on their mandate. Examine projects in this sphere and that sphere and right. don't uh, for instance, I don't think we're going to hear a hovercraft proposed right. to go from Hamilton to Toronto or uh, an elevated railway, a monorail, a monorail. That's what go. we need. That's it. A monorail. I don't. Th- I think there will be some constraints on. So I, I suspect it will be more. Uh, a, a traditional transit. Having said that to you, though, it might involve electric buses. It might involve self-driving buses. There are some new technologies out there. Uh, what does this do for the city? Or I mean, how is this? As you said, there's lots of people in the wings that were waiting for this to happen. A lot of people bought property thinking development would happen. What does this mean for the city of Hamilton, especially as it was turning the corner? This seemed to be yeah. uh, another catalyst. I would How descri- much does it slow it down? I would describe this as the icing on the cake. I think we're still moving in the right direction, yeah. and the city is going through a renaissance, which is good and strong. This was just going to give it another little shove. And so if we don't do anything, then yes, this will slow it up, and, and there's no doubt about it. We won't see it at the same pace. But that's the key thing. Will this slow us up? If we just sit here and moan and groan and complain, if we can look past this and say, okay, we have been challenged to find an alternate project. Let's find something else in a city building capacity that, while not getting us exactly the same benefits, will get us some of those benefits and keep the momentum going forward. And I, So I understand why we have to grieve, but the wise person eventually says, you know, I, I know mm. that diagnosis. We can't change that one, so let's go in a different route. Uh, how does the city handle this when the LRT was pretty much focused downtown? Now the money is spread out, it appears. Many are saying that that money that was designated for downtown should remain down there. But to do what? You mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, you know, we have another big issue in, in Hamilton, too, is, of course, the arena siting. Michael Andlauer challenged mm-hmm. us to build an arena up on the mountain, and people said, no, no, if we're going to build one, it's got to be downtown. I don't think we should mix these two projects by any stretch of the imagination, but Hamilton has this ongoing challenge of finding balance. Yes, we need to do what we can to keep a, a vital core downtown. Cities like Pittsburgh have learned that lesson the hard way by ignoring it, having the suburbs grow up, and then suddenly their downtown collapses, and, and if you don't if you don't maintain it, then you've got even more to clean up the mess down the road. But it's about finding balance. And I think, again, there may be some projects. Maybe it's a north-south route. Maybe it's a route that takes us from the waterfront to the airport, gets people there back and forth in a better way. You know, let's let's put our creative problem-solving hats on. How did Kitchener-Waterloo get this done and Hamilton can? <laughs> well, they started earlier and they had a friendlier government. You might remember Kathleen Wynne in her, uh, in her last four years in office made transit an absolute priority and they were shovel ready and could get things in the ground quickly. We were still debating it. Mm. It took us a long time. And another little lesson for everyone here is you, you have to strike when the iron is hot. hot. Yeah. And So and is this death by delay? I mean, because a lot of people are pointing at city council as much as they are government and saying, you know, man, even when I remember Kathleen Wynne laughing on the air with me when I interviewing say, no, you've got the money. Why why do you keep doing this? I remember yeah. her giggling on the air in yeah. an interview. I don't want to blame city council. It's been a bad year for city council and the mayor as it was. They have more than enough things that's to not blame your for. Fa- that's not your <laughs> fault, Marvin. No, I know. But I... I it, it, it is, and it's multiple councils. This thing has been debated for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Uh, if we could have just made up our mind and act quickly. I would say the same problem with the Red Hill Creek Expressway. It's now hard to imagine this city without yeah. the Red Hill Creek and the yeah. Lincoln Alexander Parkway. And yet it took us so long to build it. And now it's almost full and it's almost too small as it is. Mm. This, this, you know, I understand the problem with infrastructure projects, but we sometimes need vision and we need to sell that vision. What can we learn from this? Because a lot of people are comparing it to stadiums and <laughs> Red Hills and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, a- again, it's well, a tough loss for some. It's a tough loss, but I would also say I would rather this loss than us having a partially constructed LRT and then have the funding cut. Yes, $200 million has been spent, a a big chunk of it on consultations and on planning, but another Mm -hmm. chunk on property acquisition. I actually don't think they should immediately turn around and sell that property until we've got what our next vision is, hold on to that property. Um, But but I, I think it would be much worse if they had just said, let's, let's just, uh, I, I know we've built two kilometers of it, but let's pull the cranes now. Mm. Uh, this was the time. If the province was going to do it, they did us a favor doing it now than a year and a half from now. Should it have been done a year earlier? Well, that's another thing that worries me. We've gone through three transportation ministers under Doug Ford, and up until Carolyn Mulroney, it was full speed ahead. Uh, uh, sorry, Jeff Urich was here and said, uh, I'm taking all the constraints off. Go, go, go. Bye, bye, mm-hmm. bye. Um, 
I just I don't understand quite what's happened here. Now, maybe, again, I thought maybe Carolyn would have sweetened the waters yesterday by saying, we're going to take this away from you, but you know that all-day-go service that you folks want? It's coming in March. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's still some things we can do here. It is uh, very questionable why it was handled the way that it was. That's for sure. Let's take a couple of calls. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Uh, Victor is on the line. Go ahead, Victor. I would just like to point out that I absolutely love Marvin Ryder right now. Ever since this debate started years ago, I have always said it. We do not need LRT now, but it is a project for the future. We will need it. Why would we try to get it when it's too late? Get it now while we can and when the province was offering full funding. So then in the future when we have it, it's already there. The mayor has said it. Marvin has said it. Even you have said it, Scott. Ian Bill Kelly, it is an investment project, and we have invested into this project, and now the province has taken it away from us. We don't need it now, but we need it later, and thank God an economist has actually said that. I've tried to portray that point so many times, but I'm just the average Joe that goes to work 9 to 5. This is his job, and he actually said it live on the air, and that was the best line I've heard on your show for the past three years. Uh, Vic- Victor, thanks for the call. Uh, your thoughts on any of that? It is the city is very much divided. on It this. is very much divided yeah. on this, and I, I. But I think that's that's on almost anything when you have two paths to go down. Yeah. One which is boldly into the future, and another one is a reminiscence of the past. Take take Bob Bertina, who's not a fan of the LRT. He often talked about trying to recapture the magic of Hamilton in the fifties, and mm-hmm. I would often say to Bob. Our, our future is not in our past. Our mm-hmm. future has to be a different kind of future. Yeah. We can still have that magic, but we have to do it in a different way. Yeah. So if you're of a certain age, you want to go back. It's interesting. All right, let's take another call. Dave's on the line. Dave, what are your thoughts? Dave, go ahead. Are you there, Dave? All right, I think Dave is uh Ted, what are your thoughts? Well, what, what could the city learn? Well, I think what the city could learn is it's about half time Hamilton term limits and got rid of this perennial indecisiveness, you know, small-minded counselors. It doesn't matter what the subject you look over the years and what's the tax going up this year, 5%. All right. Thanks for the call, Ted. Much appreciated. You know, considering what uh, this council has been through, uh, it must be... they must be looking over their shoulder. I mean, considering Sewergate, considering this, the Red Hill, all of that. Yeah, I, again, I think there's a, there's a lesson to be learned here about making a, a decision quickly, uh, then supporting it. Don't mm-hmm. keep second-guessing yourself. Don't keep undermining this. But another problem you simply have is council's four years. A project like this is, you have to think, in a 20-year time frame. Yeah, yeah. And the world changes over 20 years. Yeah. What was right here doesn't become right in, in 10 years, maybe. All right, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Ned, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a small landlord in the area, King and Maine. I've got a lot of little properties. My concern is this. Uh, I know it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. But right now, if I have guests from out of town or anybody else and they drive down King Street, it looks like Beirut with all the boarded-up buildings. Somebody's going to eventually get hurt. Somebody's going to die. A homeless person in one of those properties is boarded up. It looks like hell. Someone's from out of town. They have no idea what's going on as far as LRT or what's going on. All they see is boarded up buildings all the way. This is a major, major eyesore, major cost, and it's a detriment to anyone driving down King Street to see all the dozens and dozens of properties that are boarded up and that are in preparation for the LRT. It's going to be years before anything's done, and they're maintained. They look like hell. People live in those areas. People raise kids in those areas. People travel those areas. Nobody wants to see that. And nobody's talking about that. I have property in that area. It's affecting me. It's an eyesore for me. Uh, never mind the garbage, the looks of it all. The, the that tr- It just looks absolutely horrendous. Who'd want to be anywhere near that? Ned, thanks for the call. Much appreciated. That's the thing, Marvin. I mean, at least now we were on some sort of course. Now what happens in all of this area is is now in limbo again. Right, and I think he's made a good point. I I don't like boarded-up buildings either, so another possibility is we should finish spending the money to demolish those at least have brown fields yeah, or green yeah. fields that we can then have the flexibility to do with. I, d- I doubt those buildings will ever go back to what they were used for before, hmm. so maybe we owe it to ourselves to tear them down. That would be a little better. But on the other hand, if there's a chance of bus rapid transit, we might still need some terminal hubs. We might yeah. still need... So I'm not sure all of that's wasted, but we need a new vision and we need it quickly. 
All right, Marvin Ryder has been with us to Group School of Business, McMaster University. Marvin, as always, thank you so much for the time. We're going to continue with this. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Marvin Ryder was just on business professor to Group School of Business, McMaster University, uh, and mentioned the name of Bob Bertina, Hamilton East Stony Creek uh, MP. And I uh, wanted a chance to uh, to counter what uh, Marvin had said, so Bob is with us now. Bob, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. What are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, I was disappointed in Marvin Ryder because a lot of the uh, commentary from the pro-LRT people has been negative personal attacks. And he made a ridiculous statement about kind of like, well, I'm an old fuddy-duddy and I wanted to build a chicken roost and... You know, uh, <laughs> put, oh come yeah. on! It would be fun to bring back the chicken roost, though, wouldn't it, Bob? Well, like, yeah, Max <laughs> sadly is, is gone, and uh, and so those, those things aren't going to happen. But Marvin Ryder played a key role in exactly what one of your callers said. We amalgamated. They, that created a lot of problems that were never resolved. One of the things I tried to do when I was mayor was get a review of the amalgamation to see what the problems are and how they could be solved. I asked Marvin Ryder if he would join with other people. I asked Bob Wade and, and some other folks to sit on a, on a little uh, task force, a mayor's task force, and discuss it. Marvin Ryder did not return uh, the messages from the mayor's office of the city of Hamilton. Marvin Ryder is responsible for a lot of what's going on here because of the transition board that took place during amalgamation. If uh, we were on our own, and the, uh, the other point I want to stress to you is the uh, Ottawa and the Kitchener LRTs were approved by public, by council, for one-third funding participation, a third, a third, a third. Yeah. We are expecting to get 100% with zero, Tom Jackson said, not one dime of public money is going yeah. into this. Yeah. That's the difference between those uh those projects. So that's about what I have to say. All right. So, uh, LRT, are you surprised where we are? No, it had to happen because once all the numbers come up, Scott, everybody listening who is a taxpayer in Hamilton should understand the following. We are short about $200 million every year maintaining our infrastructure. That is the infrastructure deficit of Hamilton. The reason that your side street the road out in front of my house, all around, is in horrible shape because we build more infrastructure than we can afford to fix. And the, the city will tell you the number is $200 million. So let's add more to the infrastructure deficit and raise taxes. That's the problem. You just can't. $30 million a year would be the added uh, infrastructure cost of maintaining the LRT. So the do you current, agree with the Premier to scrap this at this point? Uh, could there not have been some sort of compromise or, or bridge funding? Do you agree with scrapping this then? Well, I agree with exactly what they said. Let's get a task force together. And you've got McMaster people. You've got former uh, HSR directors. You've got a lot of smart, arms-length people who know how the city functions. And, Scott, surely you don't believe that handing it over to the 15 councillors would be the way to resolve it. I can't right. believe you think that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not addressing that, Bob. You said that I didn't. Bob Bertina, member, <laughs> member of Parliament, Hamilton East, Stony Creek. Bob, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks. thanks. All right, take care. All right, back to the phones. 905-645-3221, start 9900 on your cell. From one mayor to another, Larry Deany is on the line. Larry, what are your thoughts? Well, I had to come on because I, I hear my friend Bob Bertina whom I voted Look for. Look at this. This is like the old days. This is amazing, Larry. <laughs> no, but it's true. But I'm hearing him blame Marvin Kaplan. Oh, sorry. No, Bob Marvin Ryder. Marvin Kaplan. Marvin Ryder for um, uh, for amalgamation and, and that Bob uh, wanted to review it. No, he didn't. He ran on de-amalgamation and then shifted gears once he realized that it was a silly thing to do. And he tried to co-opt people into a phony conversation about an amalgamation that had already occurred, and that's why people said no to him. So Mr. MP, my MP, the fellow that I voted for, let's get the facts straight. This issue here, however, has to do with governments promising to implement programs. And, Scott, I was there yesterday, as you know. We were chatting in the mm -hmm. middle of all of that drama. 
And the sad part about what happened yesterday is that people now, whether they're investors, whether they're, uh, whether they're um, uh, uh, public transit advocates, whether they're city council, uh, whether they're just ordinary citizens, are wondering what the heck is going on. And cynicism is being piled on cynicism as a result of government reneging on its promise. And proof of that is the latest comment from the minister herself just yesterday and the premier who said that a task force is going to be started. And if they come forward with an, with a, uh, an option to uh, build an LRT, well, then we will build an LRT. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is back to the future, back to the past, back to Neanderthal times, and it's not good for the city of Hamilton. So apparently all we have to do is uh, whip up a really quick task force thing on the LRT, and this is a go. Well, I'm being sarcastic. That, well, I know you are, and, and uh, except that the uh, task force is going to be handpicked by the government to scrap the LRT. What are the chances that they'll come forward with that recommendation, so, do you think? So, Larry, you think this is trick accounting? This is the government backing out of its uh, finagle, finagling out of its deal to uh, to pay for the operating cost of this? Or do you think it's the fact that the, the price has gone up? Well, I, I think to give the government some credit, um, and, and also, and I agree with Bob Bertino on this, that, that when council said not a, a penny of local money is going to be spent uh, on this project, that was never anything that was going to happen. It was so unrealistic because when you build a project such as this, there are always costs that are going to be accrued, accrued by the local municipality. So I think the cost has gone up. But you have to look at, you know, whose fault is it that the cost has gone up? Remember, when this government came in, they sat on their hands for about nine months yeah. uh, deciding what to do with this file. And, after, and, and during that time, of course, costs go up. So is the um, LRT, they, de- is, this, is this it, Larry? Is it dead? I think so. Man. I think so, unless this government walks it back and, and has second thoughts. I mean, they're in power for the next four years, so... Uh, I don't think this is going to uh, revive itself, uh, but that's the shame. But there's damage. Look, we'll come out of this uh, if, if indeed the money is going to be spent locally on good projects. We'll find a way to come out of this. But, but the tragedy is that this was a project for the future uh, to fix infrastructure as well as public transit. The first phase of a blast network that would have seen improvements all over the place, and now it's not going to happen and it's not going to happen on a whim. There isn't a good rationale why this was done other than a political whim. Uh, some are happy, some are sad. Of course some are happy. Uh, and, you know, I heard the fellow from Ancaster, and I'd like to say to him, Sir, the traffic circles uh, that you built in your community, the, the fixing up of Wilson Street in your community, does me absolutely no good <laughs> living in Stony Creek. But I do, I do not begrudge that because it improves Ancaster, which is part of our community, and anything that's good for any part of our community is good for the whole community. So don't give me this crap about not believing in LRT because it's in downtown. We're not in competition. We're here to build a whole community, and that needs to be done with everybody collaborating and being happy when we fix any part of the city. Larry Diani, former mayor, city of Hamilton, weighing in on this. Larry, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you. And to any former mayor or anyone else, feel free. The lines are always open. It seems that everyone is listening to the Scott Thompson Show today. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Michael Tobe. Uh, Michael Tobe, of course, is a former speechwriter for um, for Stephen Harper and as well writes for various publications. He is with us now. Michael, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. What are your thoughts on how this has all transpired and Caroline Mulroney rolling into town and cutting the uh, LRT and then giving us the billion dollars anyway? Well, yeah, I heard you've been having a very calm, cool, and collected debate on it's this. It's been interesting. On the radio. Yes. So, I thought I'd add my voice. Um <laughs> No, um, based on the issue, I mean, look, I can certainly understand why some Hamiltonians, or as you said, about half the city is very frustrated with this. 
you know, this has been on the books for several years. Many people expected it was going to happen in Hamilton, which is a very large city, and obviously transit is important to some people to get to different places and go from various things, including work, uh, you know, things that are obviously enjoyable or fun, etc. I get all of that. And certainly, I don't think that the government handled things brilliantly yesterday with the cancelled news conference, the discovery that... Fred Eisenberger and other city councillors in Hamilton were apparently not involved in the process, from what I understand, or at least were not told what was forthcoming, which was the government, the provincial government's announcement. So, you know, when issues like that happen, even though obviously there's damage control and things that operate, it's sometimes very difficult to get all your ducks in a row. On the other hand, though, I also understand that some Hamiltonians, or at least, as you say, half of them, aren't so bothered by it. They were worried that their businesses would be disrupted, jobs could be disrupted, and various other activities in the city are being disrupted, much like we see right now in Toronto, where I'm based out of, with SmartTrack, which is much, much bigger than what was going to be built in Hamilton, obviously. It's still years away from completion, and there are major streets in Toronto from, you know, Eglinton, Young, Avenues, etc., where there's just been so much damages to businesses who are waiting for all this construction to finish, you've had a lot of closures, and a lot of people have been left out of work because of it. Yeah, but so construction closures... It's an imperfect process. Construction closures are no reason to impede progress at the end of the day. If it has to get built, it has to get built. Are you surprised that, they, they, you know, uh, rather than coming in and just saying it's cancelled... Uh, they're still going to give the billion dollars. Why didn't they just come forward and say, hey, you know what, we've examined costs here, and we think this is going to be way more than a billion dollars, but hey, we're offering, we're going to honor our deal here and give you the billion. You've got to come up with the rest somehow. Why not even present it that way as opposed to just, you know, barnstorming town, cutting it and then bailing and, and then, you know, let, let, and let's be honest about the billion dollars in future projects. This is a task force that's put together by the government. Mm-hmm. By the time any of these projects are really shovel-ready, uh, we could be on to another election. So um, why, why not come in with a compromise? Why not come in and say, hey, here's how we are. If you really want this, here's what we have to do to get there. I agree with you, and I don't dispute that. I think it would have been easier just to say that. And unfortunately, we've seen with this provincial government, although obviously I do support the Ontario PCs and I do support Premier Ford, which I've acknowledged many, many times in the past, um, they have had to do damage control when they've actually moved too fast and too furious, so to speak, on a particular issue, and then they have to either retrench, turn around, and fix things up, or, as in this case, as you stated, if they felt that the, there were cost overruns <clears throat> in this project, which obviously, I, and then I, I, we don't have to go through the whole thing, I know in a nutshell that there's a good argument to be made that it's nowhere near the yeah. $5 billion cost overall, irrespective of that, I would have just basically said that the billion dollars had been granted by the previous provincial government. I believe Kathleen Wynne was premier at the time, or if not, it was Dalton McGinty. So whoever was in charge, it's already been earmarked. We're going to give you that. But everything else then should be off the table and left open for discussion until we can sort of figure out where the decimal point is, how much the cost will be over the next period of time. And I know that over a 30-year period, it's going to be obviously very, very expensive to do this. But on the other hand, any sort of project that's put forward, including transportation, is obviously going to be very costly. From a political standpoint, though, uh, on their part, knowing that the city was divided on this, knowing that if they pull the funding, it's not like you're pulling funding on a stadium or something that everybody is really behind. Although that being said, I think the city, with the re-election of Mayor Fred Eisenberger, had moved on from all of that, and everybody you know, had put the debates behind them and just was looking forward to construction construction and completion. So I think this just opened up a whole, you know, some very, very, very old, deep wounds. It did. I agree with you. And obviously there are, there are some, there's chatter even in this city as well, whether it was a politicized move too, because as I don't think it's a big secret with the exception of Donna Skelly, um, there's not too, there's not a lot of blue in your city. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and is that the message to Hamilton, elected government, or sorry, uh, elect officials that are at least going to form government? Because we've certainly been there before. I mean, this is an NDP town. We know that. It is. I, I look, I strongly hope not because that's not the way government should operate. Now, 
if you're going to say to me, has it ever operated like that in the history of any government of any part of this country? Of course it has, because politics obviously does play a role. You're going to favor places that favor you, so to speak, or that vote for you, give you seats. And whether people like it or not, that's just human nature. That's understandable. You know, like, for example, when Metro Toronto shut out the Conservatives or shut out the Canadian Alliance or the Reform Party, do you think they came marching in here and said, this is the most important city to us? No. So Hamilton, because it is an NDP town, as you say, is not necessarily favorable uh, to the Ontario PCs or even the Ontario Liberals at this stage as it would have been previously. And this is, you know, not only is an NDP town, the leader of the Ontario NDP is from Hamilton. So yeah. there's a lot of connection there. But that, that being, being said, said, if you, if you I wanted strongly, to... I don't believe this had anything to do with it. I'd be very surprised if it did. If you're, you know, if you're a Tory and you want to make inroads into the hammer, is that not the way to... Is this the way to do it? Isn't it better to, again, see, honor the Liberals' commitment and, and see this project through? I mean, this certainly yeah. isn't good. Or, or maybe it will. Do you think this will help uh, Doug Ford in Hamilton in the future? really want me to answer that? Um, the answer is no. Of course it won't, because obviously, even though half the city will probably be happy with the fact that he only gave in to a certain amount of demands and nothing else, the other half will obviously be disappointed. And the way our system works, and because it's, you know there's only so many cities through Hamilton-Wentworth, when you put it all together, and even the neighboring communities as well, there isn't a very big, strong conservative base out there. It doesn't mean forever, but right now there's not very much. So, no, is this the way to uh, build goodwill and create more seats or more opportun- or opportunities for more seats? Absolutely not. On the other hand, though, and you have to be realistic about it, I don't think that a lot of Ontario MPPs are going to necessarily be crying about it if they're not from the region. They know it doesn't necessarily affect them, but for provincial conservatives and provincial conservatives who want to run for those seats, I think they'll see it as a major opportunity lost, and they'll probably figure it's going to make their task of winning a seat there Hmm. in whichever provincial election comes next even harder. Michael Tobe has been with us, Troy Media Syndicated columnist, contributor to the Washington Times. Michael, as always, thank you so much. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Remember, Marcus of Queensbury rules. (laughs) Absolutely. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. This is the Scott Thompson Podcast, available on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast or wherever you get yours. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss a thing. I'm Scott Thompson, and thanks for listening.